In the age of religion, we have heard so many things for so many years, thousands of years about what's necessary to be a full, perfect teleos, teleotes Christian. You know, what does it really mean? And, and many people believe that you have to read from Genesis to Revelation to understand the whole thing. And I would agree with that. I think that in order to really see what it's all about, you got to read beginning to end and really contextualize it. Uh, but there is one place in the book of John where we are given the whole picture of what the Christian walk is about, what really the whole human walk is about uh, from the mouth of Jesus. And the setting is this. Jesus is having dialogue with the Jews. And he's having dialogue with the religious leaders. And of course, they're against him. And for envy, they hated him. They wanted to put him to death. And, and they didn't listen to him. And they questioned everything that he said. And so he's having conversation with them. And this is the first of the four verses. At verse 24, it's Jesus says, I said, therefore, unto you that you will die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you will die in your sins. Okay? So that is the first thing to know of the four verses, all in this chapter, of what the whole picture looks like. That if you do not believe that he is, and that it takes on a whole bunch of ancillary avenues you know do you have to believe ontologically that he is that he had a beard and he, he was born in bethlehem or do you have to believe epistemologically that he is that means from the heart in faith in truth in the spirit of christ you know those are all variables but if you don't believe essentially if you don't walk in faith it's impossible to please god so right there, we have the first thing of the four verses. If you don't believe, you will die in your sin. Now, is there punishment for that sin? No, because Jesus paid for the sin of the world. But there are uh, limitations to what you are in the afterlife. Because you died in a place of not having any goodness about you. You had no real love. You had no real faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. And so you will die in your sin. And it's like a state that's sort of dark and without any real currency. Okay, that's the first verse. You got it? And it was to them, then the Jews. And But it's still applicable. Anyone who lives by not caring will die ostensibly in their natural state. They will not have any spiritual treasure that they accrued while walking in this life through faith and love. Will they have good things that they did? Sure. Will God account for those? Seems like it. Will they have bad things that they did? Sure. Did God account for those things? He did through the death of his son. But nevertheless, the first principle of that verse is, if you continue to not believe, you'll die in your sin. The second one, it says in verse 28, two verses later, after Jesus had talked to them, it says at verse 30, and as he spoke these words, many believed on him. So there's the first step into the whole picture of what Christianity looks like 
in four verses. This is the second verse. And many believed on him. So they aren't the people who will die in their sin. They're people who believed on Jesus. This is the initial message. This is someone who is willing to do the will of God. This is someone who has the seed cast upon their heart ground. Uh, it isn't the seed has taken root yet. It's that the seed has been cast and they've been open to hearing and they believed on it. Now, many Christians think this is the coup de grace of all experiences. They call them salvation uh, experiences and they number them and they said, we had 28 salvations today at that concert. Praise God, they're saved, it's done, it's over, right? And so Jesus, it says, and, he, and many believed on him. Jesus says, that's right, you're saved, don't worry about it, keep going, and uh, there we go, it's all done. Boom, right? No. We come to the third passage that helps us see what the Christian walk is all about. What happens? Jesus says to those Jews which believed first, on him, had the seed land on their heart ground, they received it with joy. If, now we have a condition, don't we? If you continue in my word, that's what he says. If you have the belief, you continue in what? Religion? Going to church? No, if you continue in my word, is what he says. You are my disciples indeed. That word indeed means in truth. You're not just someone who loved the initial story of Jesus paying for everybody's sin. You're not just seed cast on ground and waiting for the roots to develop and find stones or thorns and be choked out or not get root. You have actually continued in the word. We have in the ministry always believed of the import of pursuing God through a study of his word. Why? Because once people believe and then they continue in his word, Jesus himself said they are disciples truly. They are disciples, we could even be kind of literal here, indeed, you see. It's not just said belief. It's not just saying, wow, I really love that. I've been saved. I've had that salvation moment. It's a good thing. You got to believe first. But then you are my disciples in truth. That means you start to, after hearing the word, begin to practice what his word says. So he's, that, that, that next passage says, if you continue in my word, there's the condition. You are my disciples indeed. Okay, And then we learn from the last verse what that amounts to. He then says, and you not only be my disciples indeed, you will know the truth. You'll know the truth. What is the truth? That's what, that's what Pilate said, right? What is truth? But Jesus, when he lived, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you continue my, in my word, you are my disciples indeed after you first believe and you will know the truth. You'll know me. Remember Jesus said to know the uh, eternal father and his son whom he has sent is life eternal. To know them. How do you know them? By a study of the word, continuing in the word. You are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth. What is the truth about God that we come to know? What is the truth about Jesus that we come to know? 
The truth is that they are love. You will know me from the heart of what I am. I am love. You'll know me, that's life eternal. You'll know that I am love from your continuing in the word based off the belief that you originally had. And then he finishes with, you shall know the truth. And the fourth part of that uh, verse 32, he says, and the truth will set you free. What does he mean by that? If knowing God and Jesus is truth and God is true, and God is love and Jesus is love, and you know the love, the love will set you free, he says. And we have in those four short parts, they didn't believe they'll die in their sin. They believed, they can, he says, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples truly. You will know the truth. And with that knowledge, that coming to know the truth, you will be set free. How does the truth of God, knowing God, knowing his son, who are love, how does knowing this love, this agape love, set us free? Because every time something in this world steps up to hinder us and we choose to love as God would love in the face of it, we're set free. Every time my anger riles up against another person, but I choose to love as God loves, that means selflessly, sacrificially, insufferably, when I choose that truth, I'm set free. I'm set free from anger. I'm set free from passion. Okay? Every time I choose to love as he loves in the face of temptation, I am set free. Free from what? My lusts, my compulsions, whatever it might be right? When I choose to love as he loves and not uh, take my neighbor's wife, I'm set free from the compulsion of that lust and I am brought into liberty through the real love that he affords. The whole point is the Christian experience is not just believing as many churches and, and evangelical, popular evangelical uh, people will present. It's continuing in his word. For what reason? To know them. To know them how? Because we know them as truth. And when you study the word and you know them as truth personally, that truth of them, of their person, of their makeup being love, and then we act on that love, we are set free. Okay? When churches do not teach the word, they are failing to equip believers with the necessary tools to be disciples indeed. Therefore, they fail to help believers know God and his son, to know that love, and then to be free. And so they're still ensconced in this world. And we at Cult believe that the road to get to this truth and to be disciples indeed is through acquiring scriptural knowledge and by studying the word by the spirit and letting that spirit lead us to love so we can be free. That's why we say at cult.love, knowledge is love. Have a great week. We love you.